Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com slash citizens. All right. Come on in. Take a seat. Find a seat if you haven't already. We've got plenty of them. Uh, Hey, go ahead and open up your Bibles to Psalm 34. We are in week four of four of our series called Invitation. Invitation, I've loved this uh, psalm. I've loved uh, learning from it. I've loved seeing what God has to teach us. Uh, God's Word is living and active, uh, which means that every time we open it, because God's Word is, uh, uh, because God's Spirit is living inside of us, uh, God's Word Uh, We're able to understand it because of His Spirit. And it's living and active, meaning there is something new to learn each time if you would listen and be humble. Uh, There is something that God's Word wants to teach to us every single time if we would listen and be humble. All right, we're continuing on tonight. We've obviously seen uh, David. He wrote this song in a time of crisis. He is fleeing for his life, but the Lord rescued him. Now he's hiding in a cave, which you think like, why would he write such a like positive psalm if he's hiding in a cave? Because he's alive at least, right? Though affliction is coming his way, though he is facing discouragement, he's alive and the Lord has sustained his life, right? And uh, we're continuing on and finishing up this series tonight. Uh, Through his personal testimony, David is professing the goodness of God. Through his own personal experience, David is sharing, and it has been echoed through years and years and years, thousands of years of history to us today, the goodness of the Lord. God's uh, God's love is so good. God's presence is so good. Uh, He himself is good. And he's so good that it is something that can be experienced. It, it's something that can be seen. It's something that can be tasted. Taste and see that the Lord, he is good. We're continuing on. We're watching how the Lord has rescued uh, his people from trouble. You know, this is the Lord's nature to redeem and to deliver his servants. Now, um, I had a question for us as I was thinking of this message. How many of us have ever felt rejected? How many of us have ever felt rejected? Yeah, I I see that hand. I'll pray for you, brother. Um, Yeah, it's probably happened a few times. I'll never forget probably the most epic rejection of all time. Not in my life personally. This is my best friend back in high school. Now, my best friend had a crush on this girl for years. All right? Yeah, we know where this story's going. And he would not tell anyone. And they were good friends. And so I was like, dude... I don't know if she talks to you all the time. They were friends for like years. They had grown up in the same school. They had known each other. And he's like, we've been friends, but I've liked her for so long. And I'm like, bro. And it was right around this time. All right. It was like, it was like February. And our, our uh, school did this really strange thing. It was like candy grams where you could pay like $2. And like they would like deliver candy to someone and it would like have a note. And I was like, all right, bro. Here's the plan. This was probably our junior year. I think it was our junior. I don't think it was our senior year, but it may have been. I was like, here's the plan, bro. I will give you a dollar if you can supply the other dollar, and I will personally support you finally asking this girl out if you would just commit to me that this will happen, like you will will at least ask her. And he's like, okay, deal. So I give him a dollar, he brings his dollar, 
and he buys a candy gram, and it says some sweet note on it. I don't remember exactly what it said. I remember helping him write this because he was so nervous. He's like, this is going to, dude, I don't know about this. I'm like, no, dude, it's going to be fine, of course. Um, you know how you give your friends bad advice, right? This is kind of like what I was doing in that moment. I was like, oh, don't worry about it, bro. Don't follow your conscience. Just like tell this girl that you like her or whatever. And the day comes. I think it was on Valentine's Day or maybe the day before, and like, I, does anyone else? I, maybe it's just my school, but it, again, they would walk around the school and they'd knock on doors and be like, here's the candy grams for X, Y, and Z, right? It was like a fundraising thing. And so I remember um, he had class with this girl when they were delivering the candy grams. And we didn't think of this, right? I was like, oh, I'm sure it was like sixth period. And I was going to go see him at for, uh, seventh period for, for uh, swim practice. And I remember watching, I came out of the classroom and I glanced over at him and I saw this girl walk as fast as she could down the hall right into the bathroom. And then I was like a couple, I was like way down the hallway and I just kind of glance and my, my friend walks out of the classroom and he goes, and just keeps walking. I'm like, ooh, can I have that dollar back? Because... It didn't seem like it worked, and I was kind of hoping this would be a story I could tell. No, he was rejected. They were still friends, though. He got over it in about, I don't know, three or four years later. <laughs> this is a story of rejection. Luckily, um, maybe some of you have stories of feeling this way once or twice. Gentlemen, you'll be fine. It'll be all right. If your heart's been broken, you'll be fine. Um, but we've all felt this rejection at some point in time. Maybe it was someone we thought maybe we can be their friend and it didn't end up working out. Uh, maybe you've been rejected by a sibling or a parent because of something you did. Maybe you messed something up, relationship goes south, and you just have this overwhelming feeling of rejection. You're not welcome with this person anymore. Maybe it feels like uh, you had tried to make friends after moving to a new town and you just felt like nobody really wanted to be your friend. You just sit alone. You felt rejected. There's plenty of times we all feel and face rejection. And in today's passage, in the final four verses, we're going to see some, uh, a serious form of rejection. Now, this is a form of rejection that's more serious than any heartbreak. It's a form of rejection that's more serious than any uh, 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 relationship failure. It's more serious than any relationship with someone that you can have here on earth. This is rejection from the living God himself. The word that the scripture uses is condemnation. The scripture uses this word condemnation, and we're going to see it come up here twice in the passages. We have some serious words to read here tonight, but there is also a serious encouragement if you're a child of God in this passage, knowing that you will never be rejected by God if you're found in Jesus. Those who fear the Lord will never be rejected by God or contemned by God, but we can't say the same about those who reject him. Those who reject God will face condemnation, but those who fear God will watch him redeem you and deliver you. It is a, a serious passage. It's an encouraging passage. I want us to read it together. This is Psalm 34, verses 19 through, uh, excuse me, 19 through 22. I'm going to read them all for us, and then we're going to break it down together. It says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. 
He keeps all of his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked. And those who hate righteousness will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. God, we love you. Be with us tonight. Just like children crying out to you, we've got uh, nothing apart from you. God, we need everything from you. We need your spirit with us right now. We need your, uh, your, your, uh, your spirit to reveal these truths to us so that we may see, that we may know, and that we may grow because of it. God, we love you. We're thankful for the time we get to share. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Verses 19 through and 20. This is continuing on in this uh, passage. This is a, a, a deliverance is a major theme here in verses 16 and 19. But it says here in 19, it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all of his bones, not one of them is broken. We have this encouraging truth as Christians. Uh, God's righteous will be delivered. God's righteous will see deliverance. Uh, last week, we had a long discussion about who's righteous. All right, we were looking at this passage, and it was clear that the Lord was, uh, it was clear that the Lord was going to uh, bring judgment upon the wicked, judgment upon those who reject him, but he was going to offer grace and love and kindness to the righteous. And that's what we talked about last week, but here was the question, who's righteous? Who's in the right? Who's in the wrong? It's easy to think, well, I'm righteous and I can have a long list of people who are evil. Who's righteous? We read this passage last week. There's none righteous, no, not one, Romans tells us. But there's also good news in the book of Romans that shares this. I'm just going to read this for you. You don't have to flip there. In Romans chapter 3, we learned this last week. Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 24. It says, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. We see that Jesus Christ himself has delivered and given us righteousness. Verse 22, it says, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through redemption. That is Jesus Christ. One of the most powerful verses in all of scripture. So when we read this, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Those who are found in Jesus will receive the deliverance of the Lord. If you are a Christian in the room, the Lord is going to continually redeem and rescue you from the pains of this life and ultimately in the next life. There is no situation in this life that God can't deliver us from. There's no problem too big that God can't solve. There's no damage that's so uh, evident that God can't heal. It's a testimony from David himself. Many are the afflictions of the righteousness, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all of his bones. Not one of them is broken. Though we've been given righteousness in Jesus Christ, we will also receive difficulty like Jesus received. Jesus was perfect and he suffered. Jesus was way better than you and I, and he faced trials. We will follow in his footsteps. Many are the afflictions of who? The righteous. 
That doesn't seem fair, right? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Oh, come on, I'm just trying my best. Oh, come on, I have the imputed righteousness of Jesus. God, I'm trying to follow after you. Why does life get so hard? Here's what's not fair. It's not fair that a perfect God would save a sinful human. It's not fair that Jesus Christ, who is perfect and was perfect, would die a sinner's death. That's not fair. And you know what we get because of that sacrifice? Deliverance. He keeps all of his bones. Not one of them is broken. That's not fair. It's radical grace that God gives us. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him or them out of them all. The Lord will rescue you from your difficulty and your pain, but it is a promise that you'll have it. Though pain is promised, deliverance is a guarantee. Though pain is promised in this world, and you've already experienced many times in your own different ways, the deliverance of the Lord is a guarantee. This isn't a theoretical idea. This isn't like, I don't know, maybe God can do it. God promises to deliver his people. God promises to deliver his people. God has promised us that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Look at this, verse 20. He keeps all of his bones. It's such a funny idea, right? God is keeping all of your bones. He's keeping you together. While we're injured, we're not crushed. While we're bruised, we're not broken. God keeps all of his kids. God keeps his kids safe. Though in this world we will have pain, Jesus Christ keeps you close. That's a promise from the Lord. The righteous will see deliverance. The righteous will see deliverance. We only have righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ. And when we do, God is going to deliver. God will, or excuse me, you will face pain as a Christian, but God is still bigger. There's nothing that will come to you in your life that God's going to be thrown off by. There's no situation that's going to unfold that God's like, well, wait, I didn't plan for this thing to happen. In your pain, God will deliver. He will keep your bones. He will keep your, he'll make sure you're not crushed. He'll make sure that you're not dismantled entirely. God's faithful to do that. Those who are found in God will have affliction, but they won't see judgment. Those who are found in God will have pain, but they won't be destroyed. Those who are found in God will have trouble, but their troubles won't overtake them. This is the promise that Christians have. It's unique and it's beautiful. There's a passage in the Gospel of John, John 16, verse 33. Talk about a God who delivers. John 16, 33. Jesus says, I have said these things to you that you, that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Just like the psalmist said, just like Jesus said, we will have trouble, tribulation. We will have affliction, these words, turmoil, trouble. But what has God done? What has God done in all of this? Take heart, I have overcome the world. God, I stop all negotiations with the God of all creation. You're bigger than I thought. God's so much bigger than the thing that you're facing. God is so much bigger than depression. 
God is so much bigger than anxiety. God is so much bigger than addiction. God is bigger than divorce. God is bigger than an addiction to some secret sin that you've been holding on for years and years and years. God is bigger than these things. And now affliction will come to the righteous. We won't be crushed. Can we say the same about those who reject God? What sort of pain are you tempted to believe is bigger than God? What pain is so loud in your voice that you forget who God is? What pain is so distracting that you can't remember his sacrifice for you? God hasn't forgot you. God doesn't forget his people. He didn't forget them in Egypt. He didn't forget them in slavery. He didn't forget them in the wilderness. He didn't forget David in this moment. And he doesn't forget you. It's not in his character. It's not who he is. But what difficulty is making you not believe that truth? There's a certain amount of anxiety and fear that's just a natural response, physical response. I understand that. Not all anxiety is sin. But what do you need to give up to the Lord today? What tribulation do you believe is bigger than God? And have you asked God to deliver you? It says many are the afflictions of the righteous. We could read that and say, God, that's not fair. But here's what is beautiful about this passage. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all of his bones. Not one of them is broken. I broke a bone once when I was like six years old. This is a true story, and this is going to suck the energy out of the room because it's kind of a funny story. Someone fell on top of me in a bouncy castle once. That's a true story. I was six years old, and someone probably my size now just fell on top of me and broke my wrist. It was the worst. I wish that hadn't have happened. This wasn't in my notes, but if you've ever broken a bone, it's not awesome. It is super lame. The language being used here, all right, back to seriousness. Um, the language being used here is an ultimate protection of the people of God when they find refuge in God. Not one of them is broken. There's not any part of you that God can't protect when you fear him and fall under him as a refuge. There is nothing in this life that can destroy you when you have God. There's a big talk of the devil. That, look, the devil's got a big bark but a small bite. We serve a God who's overcome, what did that chapter say? What did Jesus say to us? The world. He keeps you. He protects you. He will deliver you. God's people are delivered. God's, the righteousness will see deliverance. God's righteous will see deliverance. And the question I asked a little bit earlier, can we say so about the wicked? As I was actually preparing for this message, I had something funny happen. I was um, praying for this message and another message, a few different ones. Um, this past week, I preached like three times, long story. But um, 
And I was sitting in a coffee shop and I just was like, you know, you have these moments where you're like, I just got to get a billion things done and I don't want to talk to anyone. And now I'm a super social. And so I purposely like, like kind of hide myself in a corner in a coffee shop. And I kind of like put my headphones in, open the laptop. And I was just like, it's time to work. And for whatever reason, I had this moment, I look up and there's this person that I knew from our church and um, he just had this look in his eye. He looked, he locked eyes on me and I was just like, hey man, how's it going? And he sat down, he goes, everything is horrible. And I was like, oh, okay. It's one of those conversations, close the laptop. And this guy, he's, he's awesome. I really love him, he's a dear brother to me. And he's gone through some difficulty. He's gone through some pain. And he just kept saying, I don't know why God would do this. We talked about that for a little bit. And I pointed him to passages like this. Verses 17 through 19 specific. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all of his bones. Not one of them is broken. If you've ever had that moment where you've just been so honest because you don't have anything left in the tank, where you're just like, everything is wrong, I would point you to verses like this. When you cry to the Lord, he will hear you. He will deliver you. I promise you that. Deliverance can take years. I mean, generations of people enslaved in Egypt, but God still delivered them. It could take time, but it is in his character to care for you. It is in his character to keep your bones. It is in his character to keep you. Now, to finally answer the question, what about those who reject God? What do we see? Verse 21, it says, affliction. Affliction. There's that word again. It's used twice. Affliction's used twice. Condemnation or uh, condemned is used twice. It says, affliction will slay the wicked, but those who hate the righteous will be condemned. Those who hate the righteous will be condemned. While God is loving, he is also just. And we know that this is true. God's enemies will face condemnation. This is what we were talking about earlier, the rejection from God. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate righteousness will be condemned. You see, in this life, when you don't have God, there's no refuge for you to fall back to. And any affliction that comes to you, not only will it be difficult, Scripture says here that it will slay the wicked. Now, affliction comes to the just and the unjust. Rain falls on the just and the unjust. Bad things happen to people all the time, to good and to bad, to righteous, to unrighteous. But what's the difference between the Christian and the unbeliever? The unbeliever is overtaken with affliction and is ultimately condemned from it. Now, of course, in this moment, David's probably thinking of a few people. He's probably got King Saul in mind. He's probably got the Philistines, a couple of Philistine kings, maybe Goliath, thinking about that guy. And believing this, affliction will slay the wicked, but those who hate, and, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. You see, God protects his people. God protects his people. But those who reject God will ultimately face his condemnation. Those who reject God will ultimately face his condemnation. 
This is something the world doesn't really like to talk about. Our sin separates us from God. Our sin has separated us from a holy God. And those who refuse to believe that and who think that they are righteous just from their own actions or think they can earn righteousness through their works will never see deliverance and their affliction and their pain will overtake them and they won't be delivered. And this is true. This is the reality. Affliction will slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. Uh, God takes sin seriously. God takes sin seriously. As much as you can see sit on the news or sin happen in your family or in your classroom and it kind of makes your blood boil and you're just so angry about it. God, why won't you do something about it? God will do something about it. God is doing something about it. God has done something about it. Those who don't accept Christ will not be, uh, won't face God. Or excuse me, those who uh, do not accept Christ as Savior will not be with God. The affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate righteousness will be condemned. And that's the bad news. What about this next verse? Verse 22. It says, The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. So affliction will slay the wicked. And people who hate righteousness and goodness, they will face condemnation. But what about God's servants? What about those who take refuge in him? They will never be condemned. God's servants are redeemed. God's servants are redeemed and they will never face judgment. They will never be condemned. This is the good news of the gospel. Though affliction comes to those who are just and evil, Jesus will redeem his children. Though affliction will face both, one will be overtaken, one will be redeemed. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Redemption only comes from the Lord. Redemption only comes from the Lord. Nobody can truly redeem your life. Redemption means complete and total salvation. Redemption isn't improvement, right? If you got like a B on your report card last semester, now you have an A minus, that's like improvement. That's not redemption. I am talking about from death to life. I am talking about from completely destroyed to completely healed. Only God can do that. Only God can make dead things alive again. Only God can redeem. And has he redeemed you? The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Redemption is salvation and salvation is from God alone. But here's the good news of the gospel. Anyone can have this. Anyone can be redeemed. This is the good news of a Christian. Anyone can be redeemed. Anyone can be considered righteousness. Anyone can find refuge in God if they would just turn to him. Anyone can be a part of this family if they would just accept the free gift of the gospel. Anyone can have this. The Lord can redeem all those who turn to him. 
The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. There is no other way for redemption. While we will see pain, while we will see suffering, while we will see discouragement, while we will see anxiety, we will never see condemnation. You will never see rejection. Jesus faced the consequences of sin that we deserved. Jesus was rejected before God so that we wouldn't be. Jesus was rejected before God so that Jesus could welcome us into the family of God. Talk about unfair. That's what he did for you. That's what he's doing for everyone who would turn to him. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is what Romans 8 chapter 1 says. You got to know this verse if you don't already. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. That word condemnation, rejection, complete and total denial. Those who are found in Jesus will never have this. The Lord will redeem the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. It is consistent with his character. He is faithful to deliver and redeem his people. He is faithful to deliver his people from pain and redeem them from the ultimate consequences of sin and death forever. That is what God has promised to do. Through Jesus, we won't see condemnation. He was condemned for our sin. He was crushed for our iniquities and God redeemed him and he could do the same for you. The Lord is our deliverer and redeemer. The Lord is our deliverer and redeemer. Redemption and deliverance is found in the Lord. And as King David was hiding in a cave, the Lord was faithful to rescue him again. There's no condemnation for you. This is a free gift of God. Jesus lived a sinless life. He succeeded where we failed, where Adam and Eve failed. He was the perfect substitutionary atonement for our sins that we all have. And he now delivers us and redeems us. That's the good news of the gospel in four verses. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. He keeps all of his bones, not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate righteous will be, the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. There's no condemnation for those who are found in Christ. Jesus. If you feel like this is a game and you just can't keep the score, you try, you, tr you, know, you try to love God one day and sin seems to just destroy you the next day, turn to the Lord. He'll deliver you from this sin. If you've been walking through this life thinking you got it all together, right? You don't need God. Be humble. Listen to him. Don't reject him because he hasn't rejected you. One day we'll have to stand before God. That's true. 
but all those who are found in Christ Jesus will never be condemned. And that's really good news. That's news that we can sing about. That's news that we can celebrate. And that's news we want other people to hear. Because there's probably a lot of people right now in your life who reject this, who don't want to hear this. And I want them to hear the good news. And I want you to want them to hear the good news as well. The reason why we're hosting this event in 10 days is to get this point across that the Lord can deliver them, the Lord can redeem them, just like he's redeemed me and delivered me. Who in your life needs to hear this? I've got a few more days, and again, I'm not saying you can preach the gospel anywhere, but this event is going to be on, the gospel's on full display. Who needs to hear? Who needs to know? Maybe if it's you tonight who need to hear, need to know, maybe you need to come talk to a leader or talk to me. We'll talk through it together. The Lord delivers his servants. Not, none of those who take refuge in him are condemned. It's the good news of the gospel. God, we love you. We're thankful for the time we get to share. Pray that you would be with us tonight. God, when we're tempted to we're tempted to look at our trials, would you remind us who you are? When we're tempted to see a massive just pile of anxieties and fears when we close our eyes, would you remind us who you are? Would you remind us how you've delivered us? God, for those in the room right now who are asking these questions, they're debating these things, they're, they're thinking of these things in their mind, God, would you speak to them clearly? And would we be good witnesses? Would we be powerful witnesses in moments like this to profess this deliverance, to profess this redemption, to live like it's true, and to profess all these things to those who need to hear God? Thank you for delivering us. Thank you for redeeming us. We know you're the only one who can redeem we know you're the only one who can save. Thank you for saving those in this room who call you Lord. Pray all this in Jesus, your precious name. Amen.